In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. He is risen. A little slow on that, you guys. He is risen. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This is he of whom I have said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. The word of the Lord. In the beginning was the word. And it was God's word that in the beginning broke the silence as he hovered over the primordial mass of this universe. And as he spoke, he began to create order out of nothing. God spoke and it happened. God's creative power in Scripture, in Genesis 1, is shown to us through verbal communication, through words. He created all that we could see. Now, words are important to us, right? If it weren't for words, you'd just be standing at me, staring at me, walking around pointlessly on a stage, right? Even those of us who can't form words with our lips and our voices find ways to communicate so that others can understand who we are, what we're thinking, what we need. So communication is a cornerstone for community to exist. 
We need communication to make ourselves known. And in this, we're like God. We actually get that from God. God, in order for him to make himself known, must speak and tell us about himself. Now, in the beginning, we saw that his word echoed and reverberated through all of the universe and created all that we see. And so we can go and we can look at the universe and we can see the reverberations of his voice throughout all of creation. Just like if I were to ask you something about our building, about the person who built our building, if you had never heard the name Alden Dow before, who is the architect of our building. How many of you have never heard that name before? Okay, good. Most of you. That's good. No, it wasn't most of you. Most of you have heard of him. What would you say about Alden Dow looking at our building? He liked triangles, right? He likes nature and God's creation. He liked open windows and brightness, right? You would say some things about his character just from looking at our building. But in God's voice reverberating through creation, that, that revealing of himself is faint. And if you're not listening carefully enough, if you're looking in vain at the wrong things, you could miss it and not understand it and not know that God is there. And so it takes something more. It takes something more than just God's creation to understand who he is. What if... What if I could read to you right now a letter from Alden Dow about himself? Do you think that would be a better way to understand and know who Alden Dow is? Probably, to a certain degree. Better than just staring at this building and guessing, because it would be his own words. His words telling you about who he is. And in a sense, that's kind of what God did. That God, as he began to interact with humanity throughout time, as he began to choose a people for himself that he was going to reveal himself through, they began to write those interactions down, those words down. And it became a sort of a letter from the architect of the universe to his creation about who he is. And so it is through the scriptures that we began to understand who God is better than just looking at creation. We see that God is all-powerful. Of course, that's something we could have seen in his creation as well, right? We see that he deeply cares for his creation. If you looked really closely at his voice throughout the universe, you might be able to tell that, but it's something that's much more explicit in his scriptures. We learn that he, why he created all of us, something that you can't get from just looking at the work of his words. And why did he create all of us? He, he created us to share out of his fullness life with us. That God in all eternity has been community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit forever loving one another. And God wanted to invite us into that love and that life and created us so that he might share the fullness of who he is with us. We get that from scripture. We, we begin to learn that and understand that through the word of God. We begin to understand what he means to us 
as those who have been created in his image, communal beings, desiring to be in relationship with each other and desiring to be in relationship with the one who created us. We learn about who God is. But then, but then the word of God became flesh. The word of God became flesh. Now, I'm really hoping Bertie Bai doesn't let me down here. Because I was going to ask if anybody in here had met Alden Dow through all the processes of him designing this building. Bert, you hadn't? You let me down. For the first time ever, you didn't have an answer. Did anybody else, has anybody else in here, were you a part of any of the committees that helped to design this building and met with Alden Dow? No one. Dang it. My whole point is thrown away. Well, goodbye, you guys. No, but if Alden Dow could be here with us, or if you had met Alden Dow, would that not be the best way to know who Alden Dow was? Yeah, we could read a letter from Alden Dow, but that's just a snapshot of his thoughts about his life in time, right? It would be much better to know the man himself, to have met him, to have talked to him, to heard the tone of his voice and the mannerisms of his body language, right? That would begin to help us understand who he is in a new and dynamic way. And so... God became flesh. God became one of us so that he might begin a face-to-face relationship with humanity in a way that he didn't have before. So that you might know who he is, not simply from a letter, but that you might know who he is through an experience in relationship with him so that you might know who you are, created in his image. God became flesh. We can kind of imagine this. If we were, as a species, able to create something that we could call life, something that had autonomy, something that was what we would say in the theological terms, personal. In other words, had the ability to intentionally relate to other things. We're close to that, right? How many of you are scared of artificial intelligence like a lot of the scientists? Few of us have watched Terminator series before. But what if we did that? What if we created something that could interact with us? And what if we could communicate it to it with words and we can help it to understand our care for it, our concern for it, and that we would show it all that we've learned and, and we could get it to trust us? What if, what if all of that was true? It could come to know us. It could come to trust us through those means. But wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't it be most fulfilling to the artificial intelligence if we could somehow enter into its experience in reality and experience what it experienced in its consciousness? And so this is what God did when he became human. He not only came face to face so that we could see God and we could get to know God, but God became man so that he could experience what his creation experienced on a ground level. 
And we could no longer claim that he was ignorant of what we would go through. He knows our lives inside and out because he's lived a life like ours. He came in the flesh. Now he did this so that the word of God might be revealed perfectly. That God might be revealed perfectly in the flesh. Just like if we were to meet Alden Dow, we would come to know him better than reading a letter or just looking at his building. If we were face to face with him, we could have a relationship and we could know him fully. Now, some of you are sitting and saying, but I've never met Jesus before. I've never shaken his hand. And that's true. He lived 2,000 years ago. He died and then he resurrected and he ascended into heaven. But we can have a relationship with him. We can connect with him today. What do we know about Jesus? What do we know about his life? And what does it reveal to us about who God is? Well, sadly, all I could tell you is that there's not a lot of detail. We have four books. And as we saw last week, an inordinate amount of time is spent examining what? The last seven days of his life and his death. We don't, roam, we don't know much about Jesus' everyday, day-to-day experience. We don't know about who he was from the ages of 1 till 12, and then 13 to 30. We are missing all kinds of stories that we wish we knew to know him better. You guys know me far better than you know about the life of Jesus, because I tell stories every week about my life, Right? And so the Gospels, the Gospels were aiming to tell you perfectly who God was by focusing on one week of Jesus' life, which should tell us that that one week is significantly important to understanding what God was trying to tell us by becoming human. The fact that God came in the flesh was all for the fact that he would show us how much he cared for us and how much he loved us by willingly allowing himself to be put on the cross by our unjust justice system and dying for our rebellion. God in Jesus is proving to you That he's trustworthy. You see, we see in Genesis 3 that humanity has a hard time trusting God. Doesn't believe that God's intentions and motives for us are good. And so we rebel and we decide we're going to make our own definition of good. We're not going to trust God's definition of good. We're going to do our own thing. And yet God said, I'm not going to leave it like that. I'm going to prove to you how trustworthy I am. I'm going to prove to you my goodness towards you. So he came. He lived a life of love and service to the least of these on this earth. He taught us to love like he loved. And then he willingly died for all those who put him to death. Perfectly revealing who God is for all of us.
the wonderful thing, the amazing thing, is that that's not the end of the story, right? Why are we here this morning? Why are you here? Because you're visiting your mom and your mom was like, you have to come to church with me? Yeah, those of you who are laughing, you know it's because it's true. You're here because we're celebrating the fact that the story didn't end when Jesus was put into the tomb. You're here because we're celebrating that the word of God lives. He is risen. He is risen. The word of God is not dead, is not static in, in the past. The word of God has been raised to life so that we might have a dynamic relationship with him today. And God himself said that he would come and that he would enter into our hearts through the giving of his spirit, the relational impetus between the Father and the Son, the love of the Father and the Son would be poured into us in the Holy Spirit so that we might enter into that love relationship. What an amazing, amazing idea. It should blow our minds. Jesus, unified forever, humanity with divinity, and then evil did not prevail against him. But that union prevailed against evil by raising from the dead so that all of humanity might be unified with all of God for all of eternity because of Jesus. It is Jesus ascending to the right hand of the Father that gives us the promise and the hope if we would believe and cling in him that we could be in a relationship with God forever. Amen, Brenda. Amen. <laughs> we get to be a part of that dance. We get to be a part of that relationship. You get to be a vessel for the living word of God so that through you, being his hands and his feet through the transformation of how you act towards people outside of this church and inside of this church, people might come to know that Jesus is Lord. And they might find new life too. Are you a part of this dance with Jesus? Are you a part of being active with the living word of God so that you might reflect who he is to all those around you. Because we don't serve a God who's dead. We serve a God who's alive. For he is risen.